know, it's, it's so I understand why I'm here. I understand what my purpose is. And we've talked about it time and time again. You know, it's just, I'm here to bring glory to God. And then God tells us how we need to do that, right? And there is a spiritual side to it, absolutely, without question. But there's also, like what we're reading right now, some just practical uh, wisdom from God for everyday living. Um, and I really believe it's why he gave us these books. And it's crazy to me. I, I don't know if you've really picked up on that, how relevant it is. 3,000 years later, it's still just hitting it, right? And like, man, wow. Like, hey, it's right there. You know, God's, God's really kind of laid this out. So how does God want us to live? That's kind of the, the overwhelming question, I think, uh, to pull from here. And the answer is he wants us to live wise. He wants us to have wisdom. And, you know, the Bible references enough talking about the worldly wisdom and where that gets you. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I know there's, there's uh, when I think of Richard's going to get mad at me for picking on him, but when I just think of, like Richard's really smart and I know that, man, you know, I just, I've spent some time talking to him and he understands things that, whew, you know, um, and, and I know he's, he's done some things in his life that, hey, one plus one equals two. And, you know, that the logical, that makes sense, the, that wisdom. But, man, when it comes to things of God, it's a different kind of wisdom, right? It really, a lot of times, goes countercultural. It goes against what the world is screaming at us is wisdom. And sometimes God very explicitly asks us to, to do things absolutely against the world, right, that don't make any sense. But, you know, when we have the perspective of, of remembering that this isn't our home, that all the things you've been blessed with aren't really yours, it, it changes things. And so when, when rich young rulers are asked to give away all their money to the poor, it makes sense. It wasn't his to begin with, you know? And if we keep that, that mindset, that, that godly mindset, it, it really helps frame everything for God wants us to, to, to live uh, in wisdom, uh, this, this good lifestyle that loves God. The other side of that is folly, and Proverbs talks a lot about folly or foolishness, uh, and it's, it's, it kind of goes against God, hates God, if you will. And so there's some just practical things, you know, as, we, as we've dug through here on the financial side, if, if you're living for God, you're a generous person, right? I mean, that screams it out through Scripture, be a generous person. If you're going to live on the foolish side, you're going to be stingy and greedy. Uh, on the wisdom side, you're going to have confidence and peace in who God is and what His plan is. Um, on the foolish side, you're going to be arrogant about yourself, false security, and it ends up kind of creating fear in us, honestly. Um, in relationships, we're going to love and respect um, versus this brokenness and this complication that, that lust can bring into things and, and uh, yeah, just, all, just disregard for others. Uh, in work, we're going to be diligent uh, and, and try to seek fulfillment. Uh, in the foolish side, we, we become lazy. Uh, we find there's just a lot of lost opportunity, resentment. We end up having a lot of envy uh, towards what other people are doing or have. Um, and that's just living foolishly in some of those things. And, it, you know, it kind of it results, living wise, it, re, it results in justice. Martin Luther King said, not, not, but the color, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. He, he's just referencing scripture there, right? And God judges a man's heart. And that's really when we're a part of the family of God. 
That's really what we're, we're, we're lining up with, right? Like all that other stuff goes out the window. Um, we're supposed to be this family of God. It doesn't matter who we are or where we come from or what we look like or any of that stuff. Um, it, it's supposed to be about this, this family of God. Um, and then folly brings injustice and abuse uh, of power and, and different things. And, and uh, living a live, wise life is going to bring joy uh, you're going to have some happiness, and, and uh, living a life of folly is going to result in bitterness and regret and hopelessness, and, and a lot of times it spills over into anger. Um, so as we feel these things, as we experience these things, I think we need to ask, man, am I living a wise life, or am I living a foolish life? And so God wants us to be wise. He doesn't want us to be a fool. So what is a fool, right? Let's talk about that. That'll be fun. Um, it's you. No, I'm just kidding. But it's you. And me, right? We're foolish sinners, right? We we are those people. Um, I, again, I'm sure you've read through. Like, yeah, I've done that before. Um, the The word "fool" is used over 70 times in Proverbs, um, but even way more when you realize that there's synonyms for "fool" in there uh, that that it talks through. And so, what is a fool? We're going to talk about 11 kinds of fools that are brought up in 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 uh, in Proverbs. All right, and that's this is point one. Um, so we, God wants us to live wise, right? We're going to talk about what a fool is. So 11 kinds of fools. Now look, a bunch of scripture references here. I'm going to be trucking. All right. If you can look these up, man, you would win the sword drills at camp all, all day long. Okay. <laughs> We're almost exclusively in Proverbs with the exception of one, one verse. So you can flip around with me if you'd like to keep up or you can just listen. I'm always happy to email my sermon notes after after the service, and you can spend some time with them. Uh, but hopefully you've read through a lot of these, and, and they're kind of reminders as, as they come back up. But 11 kinds of fools. The first one is a simpleton, all right? And, it, and it's just a person who's, who's unknowledgeable, who doesn't really have a desire for knowledge, who's kind of naive, and really doesn't think about things, just kind of reacts and goes through life. And the Bible talks very much against that. It says in Proverbs 8, 5, O simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense, right? So God doesn't want you just to stay there. Maybe you feel like that sometimes, but there's a desire for us to learn those things. Proverbs 9, 6, it says, Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Proverbs, Proverbs, whatever book that was, Proverbs, whatever, I don't know what book that is. Proverbs 14, 15. I have also have this funny habit. Every time I write down Proverbs, I write it with a B first instead of a V. Every time. And I have to correct it. And I don't know. I think it's just how I type. Anyway. Squirrel. <laughs> Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. Again, here's this picture being painted like, hey, you know, we need to have this desire to learn and grow and, and, and have wisdom. Um, and it really, to me, you know, we talk about the fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom, but Having this desire to know what the Bible says, just like this, we're reading through these Proverbs, man, I hope it's impacted you. I hope you've caught some behaviors in here and like, man, I've been a fool. I've been living like this. And man, the Bible, the Bible talks against that. The second one, prideful, a prideful fool, haughty, self-centered, narcissist, very selfish, doesn't want to hear any advice, doesn't want anybody to speak into their life. Um, and they just want to give advice, right? They can fix you, but they don't, they don't ever want you to to talk to them. 
Um, Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 18.12, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Proverbs 22.4, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Thinking of others first, walking in humility. Let others brag about you, right? That, that, we, we hit that sermon, I don't even know how long ago that was. I think it was last year. But that really made an impact on me. You know, I should live a life that others tell my story. I shouldn't have to go around and brag about myself, right? Paul, Paul talks about that. Hey, I'm telling everybody about this church because of what's going on. Because they're living for God. And he's doing things and they're transforming lives. Let others brag about you by the way you live. Next, we have the scoffer, the mocker. They're cynical. They're sarcastic. (laughs) They find all the bad and they spread it like gangrene. Just negative, man. And And they kind of laugh at wisdom a little bit. Proverbs, oh, I left those verses out. Proverbs 29, 8. I got to look these up. Sweet, now you got a minute. You can catch up. (laughs) It says, Scoffers set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. Proverbs 13, 1. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And the last one's Proverbs 30, 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out. This is really like, ugh. Will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. It's pretty intense right there, man. Kind of gross, you know. Never mind. We're not even going to get into that. <laughs> That'd be a good one. I'm going to learn that one to quote to my boys. It's good. Your eyes will be picked out by ravens. I'm going to start saying that to them. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So they're a scoffer. They, you know, they, they, they pick on, they make fun of their parents' instruction. They laugh at it, and they don't listen. And uh, not a pleasant reward there. <laughs> the next one we're going to talk about is a bad steward being greedy, stingy, the spender, the waster. All right, it's not just sometimes about greed. Sometimes we're just so frivolous with our money and our, our resources. Um, Proverbs 13, 11 says, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Proverbs 20, 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower, borrower is the slave of the lender. Proverbs 13, 7, one pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Proverbs 21, 17, whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Proverbs 21.5, the plan of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Proverbs 11.24, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Man, the Bible lays out some pretty 
um, incredible financial guidelines that maybe we don't want to listen to sometimes, right? Because we something and we, but we're we're called to live within our means, man. We're called to plan and budget, and and be teachable and be generous, right? Man, we got to have that godly mindset that everything we've been given is His, and I am called to steward it, not have ownership. Very big difference, right? And so we, we got these teachable things all through private. And again, there's so many more uh, on it, but just wanted to hit on these, these couple. Like, man, w- we have to w- long for wisdom in our finances because it's God's and we want to be good stewards. The next one is, is being just lazy, a sluggard or a sloth. Um, <laughs> those are great words. Uh, Proverbs 12, 24 says, The hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 16, 3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Look, I like laying in a hammock as much as anybody, all right? And there's moments where that's fine. I believe that. But we need to work hard, man, and work for the Lord with purpose and diligence. Laziness brings about a whole lot of sinful issues and temptations, man. And Proverbs speaks directly against it. We need to be hard workers and commit our work to the Lord. The next one is a deceiver, the dishonest, the liar, the cheat, the scammer, people who exaggerate things, who make false promises. Proverbs 12, 19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Proverbs 12, 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Man, God sees your heart, right? I was talking about that this week, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's really going on in there is coming out. You know, it's always a good gauge, actually. I, I say that a lot. Hey, just kind of pay attention to what you've been saying over the last day or seven days or whatever. I promise you that is a reflection of your heart. All right, because you can't hide it. Maybe you hide it for a moment, right? But man, I, in fact, I, you know, I've shared this. I, I struggle sometimes with getting a little upset on the road. I know that's a shared common thing here in America. Road rage, right? And people getting shot these days for it and those kinds of things. And But, you know, I, I, I began to really ask this question, like, God, why am I erupting? Like, I mean, I would get just angry sometimes. And I'm like, and Shay's like, you know, they can't hear you. That's what she says, right? Can't hear you, but we can. I don't know, you know, and I was like, God, I love you. I I mean, I love what I do. Why is this anger coming out of me? And I had to allow God to to start to search me. So now I'm perfect in it. Um, Okay, maybe not. But I'm growing. I'm getting better. But out of the overflow, it's happening. God sees our heart. So we need to be honest. We need to, 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 to live that way and not try to deceive people or manipulate people to get something or make false promises, all those things um, are foolish. Next is the babbler. This is a good one for preachers to hear. Um, the babbler, uh, you know, somebody who, whose, whose speech is, is full of, of sin, the gossiper, the vulgar language all the time, a gabber, somebody who just won't shut it, or the slanderer, they, you know, they're just not quick to listen. They don't want to listen. They just want to talk and fill empty space. And the Bible in Proverbs says that's a fool. That's a fool. 
Uh, it says in Proverbs 20, 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Proverbs 4, 24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains, restrains his lips is prudent. Whoever, in Proverbs 21, 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Big lesson God's been teaching me over the last several years is, you know, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Making sure you're actually hearing what someone's trying to say because sometimes they don't articulate it very well. And you, gotta, you really got to listen to kind of figure out what's really going on in there. And you can never hear it if you're just ready to respond and jump in with your own story and your own resolve and all this stuff. And we're so bad about it. We're so bad about it. And the Bible's really clear. It's like, hey, shh. Listen. Listen. Because in the middle of it, God, God's going to be prompting your heart on some things too. And if we're yakking all the time, we can't hear that stuff. And we end up filling space with our wisdom, which is foolishness. Minimize our words. Use wholesome language and be careful about commitments we make. Man, if I have made my wife mad about anything, just confession time. It's that right there. Right? I have such good intentions. Yes, honey, I'll do that. 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 And then six years later, sometimes, sometimes that's real. Hey, you remember six years ago when you told me you'd unclog my sink and it's still, you know, um, I'm using that one because that's a real one right now. Like I was supposed to unclog the sinks like six months ago. I have it on my reminders app. Still not getting done. And I've said that I would do it and I'm not doing it. And Proverbs says, stop committing to things and not fulfilling your oaths. And I really need to work on that one. I know y'all thought I was perfect. I messed one up. Intemperate. Ugh, this is, oh, this might hit a nerve, man. We eat too much. The person who eats too much, who, who just delights in food, way, way overkill. The drunkard, the glutton. Proverbs 23, 21. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. Proverbs 21. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. 1 Corinthians, this is my one where we jump somewhere else. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We really need to be careful with this, man. Again, I know, I get it, we talk about it, we laugh about it, but it's, it's really a serious issue. It really is, man. And, and alcohol back then wasn't even distilled, so like it took a lot of effort, a um, lot less effort today. But even if, you know, we can jump on the alcohol thing, right? And you can stand your ground on morality if you want. But let's talk about overeating. That would be fun in America, right? The overindulgence, the I got to go back for three plates. And who's not guilty of that sometimes, right? And the Bible's like, hey, like food is nourishment. Yeah, but we take it too far. We take it too far. And that's not a topic we'd like to talk about. I don't like to talk about it. But it's in there. And it says, hey... Whatever you do, eating or drinking, you're supposed to be bringing glory to God in it. Let that sink in for a second. Right? I'm supposed to be bringing glory to God, even when I'm eating and drinking. 
And what does that look like for me? The next fool is someone who's harsh. They got a short fuse. They're easily angered. They're violent. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 14.29, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Proverbs 15.1, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 12.10, Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Even animals it's addressing here. Why in the world would you be cruel to your animal? You know, but people do it, right? And it just brings up this, this harsh mentality in life and towards things. I'll tell you what, God put Elias Riley in my life to teach me this because you can't even change your tone on that joker. Or he's like, <laughs> he hit me in the head yesterday with a stick on accident and like lost it because he hurt his dad. And I was like, I'm not hurt. I'm a tough guy. I'm good. And really was killing me because he hit me right in the temple and he didn't mean to do it, but it happened. And he's like crying. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. Like he's just got such a tender heart, man. And, and like, I've had to learn ways to, because I believe I need to discipline him sometimes, but I've had to learn new ways of discipline. And man, that, that right there, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Oh my gracious. Have I had to learn that with him? And, and how to, to discipline with gentleness and, and not get angry and not get upset and not let, and I don't always get it right, but man, there's some things really to, to work on here. We need to not be cruel to anything, whether we're talking about animals or people or whatever. Um, we don't need to do that. The next one, the next foolish thing is lustful. Um, the sexually immoral, it's just always on your mind. Looking at, looking at stuff lustfully on the internet in secret, being promiscuous, you know, and there's so much about this. I mean, there's so much about this in, in chapters 5, 6, and 7. Just Solomon pleading, please don't be this way. Please don't be this way. And he, and he says things like, may, the, may your fountain be blessed. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Be intoxicated with her love. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. God created intimacy. God created marriage. God created relationship. And, and Satan, whoo, man. I mean, you just think about God's plan, right? Hey, I'm going to create everything, so he creates this tropical paradise. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. They're really nice. And then he made a man and a woman, and he threw them out there naked. <laughs> right? They're living the dream, man, you know? And what does Satan want to do? Destroy it. He wants to destroy it. And so Satan gets, gets us, he tempts us and wants us to experience intimacy before marriage. And then he does his best to get you to stop experiencing intimacy in marriage. It's crazy. I've seen so many couples who are just roommates. It happens all the time. I'm not in love anymore. Now, I'm not trying to pick, I'm just saying like this is what Satan does. Temptation, temptation, temptation before you're in this committed relationship. And then once you get in, it's like, oh, they're boring. You've lost that love and feeling. Y'all want to sing it? That's what he does. And God designed our relationships, our marriages, to be these incredible examples of him. And we don't work at it. And we allow Satan's little temptation and his distractions and all these other things to fill our heart with something else. And he uses this lust 
uh, to make us fall short of God's ideal, and we miss out on God's plan. I'm telling you, I've tried to wreck my marriage a few times. And I'm so thankful that today, by the grace of God, my wonderful wife, I mean, we seriously say this, and it's not a joke. Like It's like, man, every year it gets better. I really feel that way. I feel that way. I know you do too. And it does. It does. But it takes a whole lot of work. <laughs> a whole lot of work. A whole lot of forgiveness. A whole lot of a desire to know my wife and to know how she needs to be loved and communicated with, not me, right? Because I'm going to butcher that. But God knows her better than I ever could. And if I just surrender as, as that husband relationship, and man, I know everybody in here is not married, but it, it applies to relationships, man. If we surrender and just seek to love the other person and edify them and lift them up and build them up instead of tearing them down, we're going to see what God intended. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Proverbs says so much about this. We'll just, we'll just read a couple. Proverbs 6.28. Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Nope. Right? You get out there. Ooh. Proverbs 6.33. He will get wounds and dishonor and his disgrace will not be wiped away. It's talking about lust. Proverbs 7.22. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast. Those who have ears, listen up, man. Man, that, that's, that's man. I, I know sins are sins, and, but man, Satan is after tearing down relationship. And these are just, this is a wrecking ball issue, man. And there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs about it. And the last one, all right, that's 10. You guys have made it. Good job. We got one more, and it kind of culminates everything. And, and, and before I say it, I just want you to know there's a bad word in our house. We don't even let our kids say this word. Um, and it's the stupid. And you're like, Jeff, that's kind of mean, dude. Well, it's in there. And the reason it's in there is because it's kind of the culmination of all the foolish activities that we've talked about and us knowing better and still doing it. That's stupid. I don't know about you, but I've been stupid. Plenty. Plenty of times. The word is actually kasil in Hebrew. And uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because there's another word in here, and, and we're going to read some examples of that, uh, for foolish or folly, and it's a different word. It's, it's availeth in Hebrew. And, and that word, properly translated, is, is stupid. So fool is, is kind of kasil, is, is kind of how it's translated. And then the foolish and folly is, is the Hebrew word availeth. And it's mentioned over 40 times. Over 40. It's a real thing, right? Um, in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 26, 11, it says, like a dog that returns to his vomit. This is one of my favorite verses because it grosses me out. But it, like we do this sometimes, right? We go running back to something. Is a kashil, kasil, who repeats his availeth. Is a fool who's stupid. Because they keep going back to vomit. Have you, have you seen Vomit. It's really gross and not appealing. I don't really want to talk about it because it grossed me out. And the dog goes back and licks it up. Who's ready for lunch? What?
from it, but we do it. We go back to things that we know. I mean, we know this is destructive or against God, and we go running back to it. Proverbs 14, 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to discern this way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Hmm. It's the difference between ignorance and stupidity. I do the wrong thing, though I know what is right. Right? It's one thing. My kids have messed up before, and I'm going to look at them and like, hey, it's okay. You did not know any better. That's fine. You're not in trouble. Let's talk about it, though. Like, right? Let's walk through this. How to do it this week? There were some communication issues between Caden and Elias. A little tattletelling, a little crying. Caden did the tattletelling. Elias did the crying. And uh, Elias didn't know he didn't, he, didn't know, he didn't know that he did anything wrong. And so we got to walk him through that, right? But the next time, he knows. And if he does it again, he's a dog returning to his vomit. And now we got to address it, right? But he didn't know. So it's a, diff- if it's, it's a difference there of, of doing the wrong thing when I know what is right. So, the book of Proverbs, we got, how does God want us to live? He wants us to live wise. What is a fool? And we just went through tons and tons of things about what a fool is, according to Proverbs. And then, the last one, and this is where we're going to land this plane, is how can I not be one of these? How can I not be a fool? Um, Solomon gives us these 11 definitions of fool, and I just want to tell you, you know what? Change. That's it. Change your ways. Wise up. Don't be a fool. That really preaches, right? And it sounds spiritual and holy and moral and all those fun things. But I want to do something a little different today. We could also do this. We could, we could state the opposite of these, right? I could say, get a clue, be humble, work hard, watch your mouth, show respect, steward your stuff, eat moderately, and never get drunk. Educate yourself. Be honest, control your anger, reserve intimacy for your spouse. Do what is right. All right, there we go, church. We said it from the pulpit. You heard it. No one's going to be a fool from now on when they walk out that door because we have heard the truth, right? And, and all God's people said, amen, we got it, and woo, we're good to go. But that's not the truth, is it? And the truth is, you know, is you can't do it. I'll say that one more time. You can't do it. I'm a fool. I've done most of these, if not all of them, at one point or another. Some of them yesterday. But, Jeff, you're a preacher. And you love Jesus. Yeah, I do. And I hate it when I fall. I don't long to fall. I don't desire to fall, but it happens sometimes. And I've been a fool. I've been lazy as a mess, man. There's times I've come home and my kids are like, Daddy, please spend time with me. And I'm like, Braves game. I don't even know what's going on with the Braves, and I'll still turn it on just because, you know what? I don't have time for Legos, man. I don't have time to build another puzzle on the floor with my five-year-old. And that's me just being really real and honest. It doesn't happen every day, but it happens. It happens. I've been a poor steward of God's money. Man. I got my, I got my wife and I, I don't even want to tell you the numbers because you'll vomit, um, in really serious credit card debt. And God had to save us, and he did. And you know what? He didn't let us win the lottery. He said, here, take this step. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a long time. 
Now take this step and take this step. And it was a journey. And God sent incredible people along that journey to bless us, man, tremendously. But he made sure he laid out the job and we did the work. That's what he did. And he delivered us from that. Praise God. But I have been a poor steward of money. I've had sin in my speech. I've been harsh sometimes. I fight lust, but it's there. And I have definitely overeaten. All right. I've done that. I'm stupid sometimes. I'm a stupid fool because I know better. I know better. The truth is, we're born sinful. We are born sinful. And I'm a foolish sinner, but there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And that is the truth. That's why it's so important to die to myself daily and walk in the Spirit, because I'm probably going to mess it up on some level daily, right? And I need to have that just repentant heart and that heart of surrender that we've read about with David. Surrender to Christ is the only answer. It's the only answer. That fear of the Lord where wisdom begins, that surrendered heart, man, we can't earn it. God saved us. I mean, if, if it was an earning thing, who in the world would be saved? Nobody. 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 The world says you are foolish for believing in Jesus. That's what it says. 1 Corinthians 4.10 says we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we are in dis- disrepute. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, for, listen to this, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Today, this is all going to be laid out. And all the wisdom of God is going to come to fruition. It's going to be the reality. The world is no longer going to be in power. And the wisdom of God is going to reign supreme. But we get the opportunity to practice and live it out right now. Because in Christ... In your surrender and you picking up your cross and following after Jesus, he's going to do this stuff in you. And when you drop the ball, he's going to use that too. If you'll just surrender and repent and give him glory and seek him, he'll use the stupid moments in your life. He will to teach others. We're supposed to walk humbly. We're supposed to pick up our cross and deny ourselves and follow after him. Surrender. I wrote that down in big letters at the end of my sermon. Just surrender every day. He is the one that's going to make us wise in Christ. And that's our hope, and that's our reality, and that's the only way to really live wise is in Him. It's in Him to, to live with a surrendered heart. Again, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've been reading through the Proverbs and man, some stuff's been hitting because it's easy to get out of whack real quick, man, right? And uh, if you went to Tim's Lighthouse Buffet, I mean, I overate like crazy. I was happy about it, you know? And Proverbs is like, hey, there's some stuff to think about in the way I walk and the way I talk and the way I move and who I am. But Jesus calls me to another place. And my job, right? God does all the heavy lifting. My job is just to lay it down. 
and walk in the Spirit where He's given all the power and direction and guidance and He gives us this incredible book, man. And I hope, I hope you have a desire to know it and to know Him and to seek Him. That's where the, that's where the change is going to happen. You can't just go home and willfully be like, well, Jeff said all this, do it. Good luck. You can come back and tell me all the ways you were stupid. But in Christ, there's 